Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. This episode is brought to you by Practical Prepping for Everyday People, a common-sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Ham Radio Field Day, which was held recently. It's always the last weekend of the last full weekend of June. And this happens all across the nation. And it is a 24-hour emergency preparedness exercise. And what it does is it puts ham radio operators out into the field operating on emergency power, making contacts across the country, and it's an exercise for emergency communication. Now, what we're going to talk about tonight, I've actually seen a number of posts in the last few days in some of the forums talking about building a go box. A go box is very useful for deployments, whether it's military, whether it's ham radio doing field day, emergency communications, public service events, anything like that. It would be very usable in bugging out with a group. And one of the ideas of it is it's a grab-and-go, easy to have everything in one place. It can be ham radio, it can be CB radio, it can be GMRS, FRS, military. We also see these in public service as well. In what we're going to cover tonight, we're going to talk about ham radio. That seems to be of major interest to many preppers. It's a major interest to myself and to Krista, as we are both ham radio operators. But let me make a disclaimer here tonight that we're not covering some of the digital modes where you have to carry a computer and such as that. We're going with old technology. We're talking VHF, UHF, HF for the long-distance stuff. Now, there's actually two kinds of go boxes. One is self-contained radio and power source. You see these built in ammo boxes. You see them built in hard plastic water case, waterproof cases like Pelican or even hard plastic ammo cans. And often in this type of a self-contained go box, you'll see just 2 meter and 440. Sometimes you will see HF in there as well. But some of these boxes, and there are some commercial ones available, but some of these are built with meters in them, SWR meters, volt meters, amp meters, whatever kind of meter you would want to use with your ham radio. Some folks have put those in it. Some of these boxes, you use a screw-in telescopic antenna, or you can attach a coax with a PL259, which is a male connector, goes on the end of the coax, screws into the radio. Now, the second kind of box that we're going to talk about, and it's the kind that I personally have, and it's an equipment box containing the items that are needed on a deployment. You can use sturdy weather-resistant totes. You can use storage trunks. Uh, Rubbermaid Action Packer makes one. Plano makes a number. Craftsman makes them. I was looking online the other day, and Lowe's offers several different models of the Commander, and they run from 5 to 64 gallons. Uh, That's a pretty large tote. 
and they run from $9 to $50. They had a 12-gallon that's like $12, and a 27-gallon that's like $14. So these are sturdy totes with snap-on lids, and it carries the equipment that you may need. Now, one of the things that I do with mine is I have a lot more things in it. Basically, I call mine my radio box. If I'm working on the antenna here at the house, I pull out the radio box. It's got what I need in it. But I also store a couple of HTs in there, handheld transceivers. I have a multimeter, soldering iron, electrical tape. I have heat shrink. I have coax. I have connectors, adapters, a rolled-up J-pole. I also keep paracord and twine in there, which is important if you're making a wire antenna and you need to stretch that out and tie it between two trees. I have screwdrivers, adjustable wrenches, screw clamps. I also have a couple of sets of vice grips of a couple of different sizes, And one of those things that I use those for is not only squeezing some connectors, but also binding something to something else. I have bound an antenna mount to a trailer. You can just adjust that set of vice grips and snap it on there, and you've got that antenna affixed to that trailer. It's a good way to hold something temporarily. I also keep wire strippers in there, crimpers, side cutters, electrician's pliers, Now, in mine, I also keep some inverters and extension cards in there, and I keep tent stakes in in case I need to tie off something. I have a tall 30-something foot former electrical worker's hot stick for being able to work from the ground. I have one of those that's modified to be used as an antenna mount or a mast to hold up a wire antenna. I carry tent stakes that I can drive into the ground, and I can tie that thing off four directions. Also carry a tape measure. If I need something to, if I need to build a jumper, I need a particular length of coax, or I'm going to cut a wire, and I carry rolls of wire in there as well, 14-gauge wire, because you can make a dipole out of that, and you'll need to measure that out to be sure you have the right length. Now, let's talk about power sources. You're not always going to be able to carry your power source inside your go box. Some folks have them where they'll have a small motorcycle battery or something like that in there to be able to run their radio off of. But the ultimate 12-volt power source is the Optima Blue Top Marine and RV batteries. They're deep cycle, but they're expensive. In U.S. dollars, they run between $250 and $350, but they are the ultimate gold standard, love them, can't afford them. But I can and have used car batteries. You can always take a car battery. Now, you really don't want to run it all the way out. They're not made for deep cycle. If you're going to do that, you do need a marine battery that you can discharge it very deeply and then charge it again. I've used a jump box, the simple jump your car off. I've used the two leads on that and attached my wires to that. And I'm testing right now a new lawn tractor battery to see how long I can use it. It's a 12-volt battery that actually goes into a tiller. I'm testing to see what kind of longevity I get with that. Now, one thing that I carry in my box when we go off to deploy somewhere is I carry a battery charger, just a standard 110-volt 
puts out 12 volt and it has multiple amperages on there, 210 and 50 on this particular one that I carry. If I run a battery down, then I can charge it back up some point where I get to electricity. Now, the grab-and-go items that I add to this, and by that I mean not everything that I'm going to need is in that one box and stored away, because simply the radios are a little bit too expensive for me to be able to dedicate a couple of radios to sit in that box until the next time that I go. So if I'm going to deploy, I will take two radios from my radio bench here behind me, I'll take an HF that's UHF, VHF, and HF radio. It's a Yaesu 859D, and I'll take that with me. And I'll also take a 2-meter 440 rig and put them in there as well. I will grab a couple of HTs that we have here that we carry regularly, and I'll throw in chargers to go with them. And then some things that are a little bit too big to be able to put into that box. I'll carry actually a tripod. And it's not a camera tripod, but it's a tripod that has about a two-inch opening at the top. And I have often put a paint roller extension handle, which I take one of those with me. And I will use those vice grips to attach, or I will use a screw clamp out of the box to attach a metal dual-band J-pole to that. And screw my coax in, stick it into the top of that tripod, and raise it up and it'll get the antenna up to about 15 feet but you can get some much longer paint rollers if you cared to put it up higher than that but I also have that yellow extension pole and a couple of other things that I will throw in there is a magnetic mount 2 meter 440 and also if I intend to be doing HF and all of this is really determined by what the event that we're going to. If we're working a public service event, that's all going to be two meter, and so we don't need the HF equipment. But I do have a three magnet. I think they're five inch magnets, three of them on a mount, and I have some screw-on HF antennas for specific bands, and so I can put those in there, and I can use HF even driving down the road, done that many times. What a ham radio or any other type of radio go box is all about having things all together and being able to deploy without having to round up everything. So hope this answers a few questions that you might have had about go boxes and how you can do that. There are many designs online, and if you're into ham radio and you'd like to do public service or disaster relief type work, uh, any of that type thing. I'd encourage you to look at building some type of go box, whether it is a open the top and there's your radio and your power supplies and everything and able to operate out of that, or whether it's like mine, whether it's a big tote and has everything in there that you need stacked in and you can just pull it out, set it on a table and go to work. I just encourage you to look at that if that's something of interest to you. And of course, we certainly welcome your feedback at info at practicalprepping.info. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. Or you can find us on Facebook at Practical Prepping Podcast. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family.
You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.